0: She's my, my friend. friend. I'm Julia. I'm Alexis. And today we are hanging out with Dr. Diane Strakowski. She is a licensed psychologist, relationship expert, and she specializes in attachment theory. So we're so excited to hang out with you,
1: Dr. Diane. Yay! So happy <laughs> to be here. You ladies are awesome.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I am kind of starstruck because I've been following you for a while. On Instagram, you're at back to love doc and you dissect and give your expert opinion on all of our favorite reality dating shows. So I'm a huge bachelor fan. Every time I'd watch the bachelor, I would go to Instagram and be like, what does Dr. Diane think of this person and this person?
1: What got you into that? Oh my gosh. So I've been doing therapy for like 30 years. Okay. I am the OG long time, but probably about five years ago, Um, I've always loved, I've been watching The Bachelor since the very beginning, and I actually credit myself getting married to watching The Bachelor. No way. Seriously. I, I think I was a little late in the game. I got married later in life, but I think watching The Bachelor and people putting themselves out there and speaking up and speaking their truth gave me kind of the courage to say like, I need to stop sitting on my couch and watching and get out and do this, do the damn thing, as Becca would say. And um, since then, the last five years, I've really been dissecting the show, realizing that there aren't a lot of professionals who are looking specifically, and I felt like we need to have some good conversations about what is gaslighting? What is a red flag? And so I'm trying to add a little bit more, a little fun, but a little professionalism to that too. Here's the other reason, I can't use my own examples of my clients for confidentiality reasons. Right. So for me, it's perfect to take reality dating shows and use those examples. Like that was a good breakup, right? That that was a good conversation, what to do and what not to do. So it works perfectly.
2: No, it's, it's brilliant, I love it. I've been watching The Ultimatum and <laughs> I am obsessed with it now. I watched the whole damn season, I'm like, I'm hooked
1: what's your thought I think every couple should go on that show well um there's a lot of stress by the time you get to that point right by the time you get to the point in a relationship where you issue an ultimatum um I think it's stressful my predictions were right okay everyone got married everyone got engaged what yeah I personally have done videos on this I really feel like they need to have a therapist leading the reunion because i'd really love to see more people being held accountable Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and i think reunions whether it's on the bachelor or love is blind or ultimatum can really be more like a redemption story and you can kind of understand oh my god i've watched it back now and i didn't like this because 80 percent of people who go on reality dating shows say they learn a lot about themselves
2: how do you feel about giving someone the ultimatum
1: oh in my life,
2: in
0: general, um, general, in relationships, should we do yeah, healthy or
1: is it unhealthy? Um, well, I think you have to be careful. I think, and I'll, I'll tell you my personal experience. I dated a lot, a ton in my thirties. I met my husband at forty-one. Oh wow, wow, that's amazing. I'll tell you what I did, even with my husband. I mean, I knew he was a marriage-minded kind of guy, so that made it easy, and he was happily married, which was in dating it was huge because everybody's divorced or salty right so I just said what more do you need to know about me for this to move forward Mm -hmm. and I think that's a better question than marry me or not I'm not waiting like there feels Mm -hmm. like there's just like a really negative thing but like build up and amp up the relationship hey we get along great we have a great relationship like what more do you need and I don't mean like what more do you need I just meant like no really what else do you need to know about me because sometimes people just can't get there and a lot of people on the show for me watching it was just like their lives aren't in the place to support a marriage not that they were really questioning the person we just see a lot of young people who just haven't gotten there yet
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so I guess that leads me to my question of how soon is too soon to bring up that question because you're starting to date someone and it might seem like you're crazy or too eager if you're like, do you want marriage and kids? So how do you approach that? When should you approach that?
1: These are great questions. And um, Julia, I would say if you've got a great. <laughs> That's so funny. Because <laughs> I
0: know that like deep down she wants to know this because she. Just... I need to know this. Okay. <laughs> so... Okay.
1: okay. I I've been dying to ask. This. Okay, interesting enough. Most people, by the way, express love at around the two month mark. So it's okay. I mean, honestly, that's your eyes. Alexis, you're like, oh, my God, I don't know. Really, A lot of people do express. And from my personal experience, I sort of knew around six weeks, right? Like it could wow. I love this person, right? Um, and I also have an anxious attachment style. So I kind of own that. But I think in those first few dates, you do want to get the sense because some people will say I don't ever see myself getting married. And I think you really have to listen to that people tell you their truth. And we pretend Oh, you're just saying that. But if they say, you know, I'm not sure or maybe with the right person, those are the right kinds of answers. So I think big red flag, if they say they never see themselves getting married, and you want to be married, then you need to move on Mm
0: -hmm. sometimes we think we can change their minds oh maybe they'll want to marry me
1: I'm different I'm another kind of woman yeah exactly (laughs) When right I'm special and he's going to change and I hard though that is um I just think so many people I see they're five years down the road seven years down the road or I had a, a a friend who literally was dating a guy for seven years, they got married, they were older, and then eventually they broke up because she can never get over the fact that you should have known sooner somehow. Mm. So it can build a lot of resentment, even if eventually you do get married, if these relationships go on for a long time. Right. So they say never get married before six months, but after two years, the likelihood of kind of moving it forward diminishes.
2: I've been in long-term relationships and like, you just get comfortable. And at mm-hmm. that point, what's, what's the yeah, point? It's like, we're
0: already doing this. We're already here. We're already together.
2: What right. no. right.
0: about ultimatums? Not in the sense of like, marry me or I'm breaking up with you, but what if you meet somebody and you're in a certain place in your life and you have these certain habits, maybe you're partying together and one person is growing in one direction and wants to have a healthier lifestyle. And yes. one person wants to stay this way. And it's kind of like, Hey, I need you to grow with me or this isn't going to work. How mm-hmm. should one go about that?
1: stick to talking about your feelings you know i just feel like i want a partner who kind of mirrors this in me and we're doing this together so can i understand like why you're behind i I don't think people spend enough time dissecting what's behind that is it fear Is, is it just habit um and saying I'm just looking for because you're looking for character right you're looking like when I met my husband I just knew he was a good person mm-hmm. he took care of his wife that was dying I could see it and how he interacted and so you have hope and faith in someone based upon their character right how they treat other people how they respond to you Um, And that's what I would really say, focus on how they respond to you. Do they shut you down and say, oh, that's ridiculous. You're on a health kick, I'm not doing that. Or do they say, tell me more, how can I support you? Mm -hmm. Because even if they don't do the exact thing, you want a partner who's gonna support you in doing that.
2: You say treat treat dating like it's a job.
1: Yes. Can you elaborate? How do we do that. that? Well, here's the thing, I think, that if you went all in on love the way people do on reality dating shows like no place to hide, give your phone up, go all in and be vulnerable. That's what you've done. You've created an envelope for it to happen. But when we're dating, we're swiping and I'm going to brunch and I'm going to squeeze you in between yoga and Iran. I'm not really putting that energy there. So when I got to 40 and I woke up and I was dating yet another narcissist and I was like, what the hell am I doing?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I said, I'm gonna make this like my job, okay? I said, I'm gonna meet 100 people, 100. Okay, that's what I'm gonna do. And I go- I kept a calendar. I had a diary of like all the people I dated. And I said, I'm gonna meet 100 people, one new person a week. And it was a hell of a lot of work. And this was before Tinder. Right? But I was on the apps. I was on three apps. I had a matchmaker. I was doing speed dating. I did it all. My dentist set me up. My dry cleaner set me up. I, like, went out with...
0: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble.
1: Everyone, okay. My husband was the fifty-first person I met. I was, I was on it. I was like, I am going to do this, and I would cry. Go, I'm never going to meet anyone. You know, there were moments, but I was persistent, and I said, "This is what I'm going to do to get there." And I'll tell you, my friends who didn't do that, many of them are still single. So, if you're gonna do it, do it once and go all in and give it all your attention. And then I got better at dating. I mean, I was just good. I was like, you know, (laughs) Heather, I, I I could tell who was interested or not. I was getting blindsided less because I could kind of figure it out. And because I wouldn't get so attached to someone, which is what I focus on. If you have an anxious attachment style, you're going to glom onto someone, right? Like, oh God, I don't want to date again. So I'm going to make this work. Yes. But because I said to myself, I'm going to date a hundred people and didn't get attached to any of them. In fact, my husband's like writing me page-long emails, and I'm like, Oh Jesus, yeah, I'll meet you at lunch. And he was like dying was more about you. than you, yeah, because were- I was just by that point, I was like, I'll pull up his profile and look at it before I walk right in. Like that's right. about- yeah.
2: How did you know that? Like he was the one. He you're he sat down and you were just like, This is it
1: no okay do tell we joke around so i was at work i'm a therapist i literally said to him i've got like an hour for lunch free and he rode his bike because he was working a little far away and he showed up and i'm like you do own a car because i i had a client who literally was dating somebody who didn't have a car and i'm like i cannot date somebody who doesn't have a car there's just no way so he's like yes i have three i'm like oh okay thank god (laughs) but i just knew that he was like a really gentle soul and um he's super tall and i'm tall and i was like so hot Six Love six. And nine, ah, oh, so well, hot. I have two sons, six four and six seven, who are single and beautiful. Are they available and ready. Ready. Yeah. Yeah. ready? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do they have yes. cars? <laughs> yes. One is six seven, lives in San Francisco. The other is six four, and lives in San Diego.
2: Wow. We're gonna make a mega road trip. <laughs> Wait, it's so funny. Yesterday, we said on the beach, we're like, you know what? We It'd find be a set of brothers. brothers. Like, we
1: need to date brothers. Anyway, I knew because it was the first and only relationship that got better over time instead of like trying to get back to the beginning. You know, when it's great at the beginning and you keep trying to get back to that high and you can't get there. This one built, like it was a slow build. It got better over time. And I'm like, okay, this is different. This feels different.
0: Wow. So can I ask, since you've yep. been on 51 dates before you met the love of your life, what was the worst date
1: you've been on? Oh my god, I had so many. Okay. I flew across the country for this guy, a basketball player from Europe or something. Whatever. Literally, I met him once in California, but then I flew for like Labor Day. Listen to this. I get to his house and I could tell something's changed or he's kind of weird. I thought I'm literally taking a nap at his house because I flew on a red eye. He's at work, the phone rings, I pick it up and I say hello, thinking it's him, right? and it was a woman so then he literally calls me and says you have to leave i, I was like are you kidding me why did not you just tell me not to come oh so God. i'm in his house taking a shower and the smoke detector goes off i mean it was crazy and so then i have to take like and i don't we didn't even have ubers okay i had to take a taxi and then I'm stuck on Labor Day, trying to get back from Boston to California. That was the worst date of my life. Oh, oh
0: my gosh. gosh. That is one for the books. That is a terrible
1: day. You I'm need so your reality, reality show. show.
2: <laughs> terrible. So why is it a myth that you can't love someone until you love yourself? Well, here's the
1: thing. Um, I don't like that because the concept of love is something that you do with a partner okay the idea of self love i need to like myself and i need to respect myself but think about all the people that you know that might be married do you think they love themselves any more than a single woman does no No. see that's why i'm like it doesn't quite make sense and if i like myself and i respect myself and I have like discipline and I honor my own words those are real actions you can take like self-love what do you do you're going to go off to some retreat and come back loving yourself more no so it's like something that you can't really achieve and I feel like it's another message to single women to kind of blame them like well you don't love yourself enough I would never tell a client of mine that you don't love yourself enough like you're not gonna get to this place and I'm all about things that are actionable and you need a goal that's measurable and obtainable. That's why I chose like a hundred dates. I can measure that. And if I put myself to it, I can attain that. So to have something like self-love, it's just, it's too amorphous. And that's why I call it a myth. I mean, it, it just puts blame on you for not having healed yourself enough to be deserving of love. So I don't like it.
0: So Alexis and I took your love styles test and I want to talk about that. I, I wasn't surprised by my results. I got nervous. Nora, is it? I know you have your own language for the attachment styles. And then what did you get? Independent. Isabel. And you are independent Isabel. Nervous Nora. So I guess, can you talk about that and talk about attachment styles for people who aren't familiar? 100%.
1: So John Bowlby came up with attachment theory back in the 1950s. It has been around for centuries and it is the most well researched psychological theory in terms of identifying who you are. Why? Because it goes back to your childhood. Okay. So take this quote We are all like tea. You don't know who someone is until you put them in hot water. Okay. Why? Because our attachment style comes out during stress. And this is why I also follow reality dating shows, because they're under pressure cooker stress, where you're going to see what somebody's true needs are. This is why in your childhood, the first two years of your life, your attachment style is determined. First two years of life. Okay. If you had parents who were completely attuned to their baby, Giving the baby what they needed and available when the baby needed, you would create a secure functioning child. That would be my secure Sophia or Steve. However, that's only 25% of the population. The majority of people, and my quiz, I have 90,000 people who have taken my quiz. So I have a ton of data. I did my postdoc at Stanford. I love to look at research and, and kind of take the numbers from the population. But the majority of people are insecure because their parents were available to them sometimes, not others, that's the anxiously attached person. I don't like the word anxious, so I call them nervous. Why? Because your nervous system is highly sensitive and you get dysregulated easily. You also seek validation and approval from partners. And during stress, what do you need? Do you know what you need, Julia? Validation, love? To be be soothed, heard, and understood, right? Okay. Now that's the anxious person. The majority of women, in particular, forty-six percent of women have an anxious attachment style. Okay. Now you,
2: oh geez, okay, Alexis.
1: The independent style came from a little bit cooler family, where there wasn't a lot of expression of emotions so everyone does their own thing kind of like a little bit more like we call an island so it's like i'm gonna be self-reliant does that does that sound yeah okay now during stress what do you need i really don't know (laughs) she gets uncomfortable Um, when people ask
2: her these questions uh, i like to feel like i'm being heard i think
1: okay okay but usually most people need a little bit of time To themselves, to kind of figure out how they feel. No, I hate time. Don't give me time.
2: You don't like time. Okay. Don't like time.
1: Okay. But most independent people want to be respected, though.
2: Yeah. They hate
1: when someone like dishonors them or somebody's not being truthful.
2: Thousand percent.
1: They need the truth more than anything. Like, don't lie Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So the independent person most often does need a little bit of space and sometimes they just get overwhelmed because when somebody asks them exactly what you said like to be vulnerable they're like what are you talking about at like aren't i being vulnerable like why yes. are you questioning me exactly.
0: okay exactly <laughs> that's definitely you well
1: so they feel like they're being vulnerable but the other partner may not experience that so that's a little bit more the minority. And then the last type is called the fearful avoidant type, who actually did suffer, unfortunately, some level of abuse. And um, that person is a combination of anxious and avoidant. And so they get, I call them confused because relationships can really freak them out. And it's less likely to see that on reality TV, because again, it's a small part of the minority. And that person really should do some work in therapy. So then it's all gradations. And I have people, if I work with them individually, or even I have some online courses, on a scale of one to 10, it's like, where are you? Because we're all moving towards secure. Mm. The whole point is, it doesn't matter where you start. Okay, back to like, you don't have to love yourself more than anybody to find love, but are you moving together towards secure? Because if if I'm the anxious type, like I am, and my husband's more the avoidant type, the independent type, how are we gonna work out this stress together? That's the whole thing. So I have to know myself, but then I have to know you, because oftentimes we give people what we think they need based upon ourselves, not based upon them. Okay. So we do the, the mistake we make is we use the golden rule. The golden rule is do unto others the way you'd like to be done unto. But in couples, we have to use the platinum rule. The platinum rule is do unto my partner the way they want to be done unto.
0: That makes sense because everyone has different needs. Everyone
1: Everyone has different needs. So there's no good or bad or right or wrong. And so in all my work with couples, I'm paying attention to their family, what they got, what they didn't got, what they're asking their partner for, because that's usually the rub. That's the conflict is when I'm under stress and you're under stress and we both go different ways and we're not
0: connecting. Mm
1: -hmm. Are there
0: certain attachment styles that gravitate
1: towards other attachment styles. Well, the anxious and the avoidant, it's the opposites attract. Rosa,
0: look at I. Right. But like, what is that? Cause I feel like a lot of us want You're people nice. that not that we can't have, but people that we shouldn't have. Like I've been dating guys. I'm like, I know this person's not good for me, but for some reason I'm so attracted to them. And then they will be the good guy who's safe know, and who's great. Right? But I want the bad boy. Like, wh- is there a psychology behind
1: that? Because it drives me crazy. I have friends that are the same way. It's- well, here's what's oftentimes the thing from the beginning why dating is hard is from the beginning everybody can fake good okay you can fake that you're a secure person on the first few dates you ask the right questions you show the right amount of interest and you think this person is maybe more stable than they are right because they've been looking good and that's why never get married before six months because you have to see them through this period of stress to see how you respond but then they've been Let's say they've been hanging out with you and they stay over all the time. At some point they're like, I got to get back to my own place. And now you feel like, oh my God, you're rejecting me. When me. you don't take it personally, right? They're just getting back to their own space. You haven't so that's done me. It. I'll be like, they don't like me anymore. They're going to break up with me. Yeah, I will spiral. <laughs> and that's where it's like, pay attention to your thoughts. That's not true. This is actually a good thing. You're just getting more to like normalcy, but don't misinterpret that behavior to be anything other than what it is.
2: Now, can you show up differently for different people? Like, can your attachment styles be different? Because I feel like I show up differently for different people. 100%.
1: And lots of people do quizzes where it's like, I'm secure with my parents, but I'm anxious with the guy. And what does that mean? But truly, it's really who you are in romantic relationships. But some people can bring out more anxiety. So like for me, if I date somebody on the scale of one to 10, like an eight, nine, 10 avoidant, I'm going to feel more rejected because the opposites attract. It's like I'm saying come forward, and they're pushing me away. And I'm going to feel more anxious in reaction to their pushing me away. So that's going to bring out more anxiety for me. So like, again, my husband, he's a low level kind of type. And because he was happily married, he got more secure in that relationship. So there's the golden lining to all of this is earning one security. Mm -hmm. So even if I wasn't born to be lucky enough with parents who were completely available, I can earn it in the right relationship. So like, keep going, it's worth it.
0: Yeah. So for the anxious, I'm like over here asking about me. Tell me about me. No, yeah, but I, I think the majority session, Julia, A, a lot, lot of people, people are anxious, anxious, right? So, 100%. you know, you go on this date or you're seeing this guy and he hasn't texted you in a few days or he's slow, you know, kind of distant and we tend to spiral. What do you suggest? What are some ways to self-soothe and to I know you mentioned don't call your girlfriends that are also anxious. Like how do we cope with that if we are, you know, what if he is pulling away and is losing interest? You
2: call me cuz I'm the avoidant
1: and I want to 100% Well, a lot of the work I say is to be less dependent on anyone, but like good self-talk. Okay. So I have like a four-step model. One, your body has to be relaxed. Yoga, meditation, doing walks, get in touch with your breathing because we oftentimes tend to, again, get dysregulated. Two, do some inner child work. It's like, what would I say to the younger me? How can I soothe myself? Three, get rational with yourself. write it down I have this anxious thought but is my thought true right like what is the evidence so I feel like he's rejecting me but what is the actual evidence besides that he's busy and he's pulled back a little bit so get rational with yourself and then four act with confidence so if you can if you need to have a conversation hey John I realize you've you've actually been in touch a little bit less what's going on but does that make us seem like needy Oh, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is if you want to be partnered with me, when I notice things, I care enough to notice I'm paying attention. I'm not saying, are you breaking up with me? I'm just saying, I've observed this behavior with you. Tell me what that means. What should I make of this? Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. That's good.
2: To I know. feel like I need to ask then for the avoidant people, girls out there. Cause I know there are people like us how do we open up and be more vulnerable like you said like
1: right. you know. so alexis everybody's gonna want more from you
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay in a romantic relationship you feel like you're giving a lot because it's not you it's you're not comfortable with it so when you do it's like well i wouldn't be here if i didn't like you right
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay yeah. but everybody else is waiting on you they're waiting to hear from you and you actually have to give more. So it's gonna feel like you're doing a lot, but relative to everybody else who's anxious, you're not doing that much.
2: Oh, geez, the wheeze. <laughs> <Right>. That's interesting, <laughs> one step at a time. So you, can, you time. can change your attachment style yes. and the goal is to be secure. Yes. Now, what if neither one of you becomes secure? Can you still have a healthy, happy relationship if both people are kind of messed up in their attachment styles?
1: Sure. I mean, yeah, but you want to be moving moving towards it becoming more comfortable. Like I have to get over the fact that my husband, you know, back to love languages, even like my husband's never going to be as verbal as I would want him to be. He's just not, Mm -hmm. I could be pissed about that, but I, or I could look for the other ways that he loves me. Like he's a total access service guy. He's like, helps me with my videos he's like creating things for me all the time and that's how he shows his love so I could either again be upset and keep wanting him to be different but the real key then is to accept your partner now I also don't let him totally off the hook I'll tell him I need a little bit more and under stress I'll say honey I need more Mm -hmm. and then he'll say well it's not like I'm not doing anything I'm like you're right you have gotten better but I'm stressed, I need even more. Can you do that? And then he won't take it personally and then he could just show up and do that.
0: Okay, Does that make sense? so communication. So communication. I guess, you probably already touched on it, but how do we become securely attached? What are some steps we can take? I know it's not overnight, but what are some, you know, things we could do to start
1: to go in that direction? Okay. Again, feel it in your body. Because if I'm on dates and I'm with somebody and I just feel sort of confident that I'm not going to go back to that stressed out thing. So really try to manage your stress, like have a, you know, your career, make sure everything else is good, that you're healthy, etc. cetera. Again, back to what I said, this, the, the inner child work, do some of that healing. My parents loved me, but they just couldn't love me the way that I needed. So how do I want to love myself now? Like that inner dialogue that you have three pay attention to your anxious thoughts or your avoidant thoughts and get clear on them like you know say the positive things because usually the evidence is not there to back it up it's just a worry Mm -hmm. okay and then four in your relationships have goals for yourself or even in dating i'm going to put myself out there this many times or i'm going to give somebody six months and if if it doesn't if we can't get to that place then i'm going to move on
0: and I want our listeners to hear also for us anxious ladies, you know, cause I feel like if something doesn't work out, we tend to feel rejected, but I like, I want to, you know, I'm no expert, but I want to remind people like just because it doesn't work out, you're not, it's not rejection. That person just isn't for you. And that's okay.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, even myself, I was engaged. I found my fiance cheating on me. I mean, horrible things. That, that wasn't even my worst date. Right. You know, if, over time, you're going to love many people, they're not all going to work out. So back to like rejection sensitivity, if I'm going to date 100 people 99 of those are not going to work out. I can't say that it was me. You know, so if you did a quadrant, yes, 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 no, no, yes, no, no, right. In all of that, you're going to like somebody more than they like you. Those are going to feel like rejection, somebody's going to like you more than you like them you're rejecting them right then you want to be in that box where you both like each other and then there's there's the neutrals where you both agree Eh, this isn't a fit should, right? should,
0: should the guy like the girl a little bit more
1: though i think so yes
2: hundred percent thousand percent i think so no, no. What, mm-hmm. how many chances do you give someone if they keep doing the same thing over and over again i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry What's the final straw? What do you think the final straw is before it's like, okay, this is just who they are.
1: Yeah, I think you say, listen, I've been watching and I've been paying attention and you say you're trying, but I don't have the evidence to back it up. These are words and I'm not really seeing the action. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to step back and I just feel like otherwise, you're going to resent me, I'm going to keep bitching at you. So why don't we take a break? Now here's what I think really, if a break happens, and the person goes to therapy, and then comes back and says, Hey, I've done some good work on myself, or you were right, then I would trust that more than someone where you break up, and then they want to get back together just because they don't want to be alone.
0: Mm -hmm. Right?
1: That whole idea better to have loved and lost than, than never to have loved. Like, you know, they say, you know, let them go. And if they come back to you, then see if they've changed.
0: For when we have kids, eventually, how can we raise securely attached people? So we don't have any more anxious people in the world.
1: What's some advice? hundred percent, Julia. I have to tell you, if you could be really available to your child in the first two years, that would be pivotal. Mama. Yeah. If being you, available and
0: attentive and nurturing
1: yes. and yes yeah. and that doesn't mean don't have a schedule and that doesn't mean um in fact uh john uh Bowlby, who started attachment theory he was raised by a nanny um and some people their nannies are closer to them than their mothers because the nanny's more available so we talk about a primary caregiver it doesn't necessarily have to be the mother say she's a working mother and she's got a big career But you need one person who's really there and attentive to soothe you because here's a baby, my diapers are wet, I'm cold, I'm hungry, I'm crying. It's this is a crisis for me. And if somebody's not available, then I learn again, my nervous system to be super sensitive, or if I learn I'm on my own, think about it, it's like I'm neglected. So Those first two years will set the tone because also that's when the brain is developing more than anything. So if we wanted to make a difference there, and here's what I don't like about all the information on Instagram, et cetera, we're creating a lot of very anxious mothers. Do this, don't do that. Oh my God, you have to have the right this, right that. Trust your instincts, put down the phone and be with your baby. Do we
2: give up our life for a guy or do we keep our life, keep our career, keep things going? Say a guy was like, I really love you, but like, I want you to come travel with me and like drop all your stuff and I'll take care of you. Do we do it or do we
1: not? Ooh, The deep breaths. <laughs> oh God, I-, I think the right person should support you in what you're doing.
2: Okay.
1: Again, my husband, you know, he was working full time. We were both working full time we both respect each other in our careers and now he's retired and yeah he's very active and does a lot of things but he really supports my career and I just don't know what I'd do without that and I think if I had given it all up I might feel some resentment about that I I actually think you can have both even on the ultimatum this woman Roxanne was just contemplating right can you do it both and I don't see why one precludes the other cuz some of the most successful people whether they're politicians or actors there's someone behind the scenes holding down the fort. Yeah, love that. That's- you know, it just it takes a village and um I think you have to be very clear and direct in what your needs are to your partner though and you 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 know, you have to bring them along.
0: Do you think it's a red flag if the man is threatened by a you know a boss babe by these women that have these careers i feel like men sometimes get like threatened and intimidated so what do you think yeah. about
1: that? that's the wrong person then yeah yeah i mean i would have men like that too like oh psychology what are you gonna do with that I'm like help people i mean yeah. what how rude i Very mean rude. yeah, yeah. I it. so rude i'm like i put myself through school i'm wow. killing it like what you know, no, I don't have stock options and I don't have maybe other things in corporate America, but I think there's respect that you have to have for each other and what you do. And if you don't have that, then that's a bad sign.
0: Well, this has been so insightful, so fun, so much great information. Where can people find you?
1: I'm back to love doc. Um, that's my website and on Instagram and Facebook. I do a little bit of TikTok, but really not much. And I also have a YouTube channel Oh, reality TV therapy, where I take these episodes and do them more long form video because I really want to get into it. I follow again closely Bachelor, Bachelor Nation, uh, Bachelor in Paradise is coming up the Golden Bachelor. I'm a fan of all of those. And I just try to highlight I'm not gossiping. I don't have any tea, um, but I do meet some of the cast. and um i love interviewing them finding out what it was like and here's the thing that all of them report that they did fall in love and i'm like if we can learn the formula for how to fall in love on tv and then transfer that that's what my book's going to be about like how can we fall in love in real life I just think you're, you got to be more invested.
0: And I recommend everyone follow you on Instagram, take your test on your website. It's a free test, right? And they yeah, can learn about themselves yeah. and their love styles. And oh, I just love your videos. I literally, I'm not even kidding. I binge watch them before I go to bed. Oh, she was like, still a fangirl. No, I seriously was like, we need to have her on.
1: Be your own bachelorette. You know, without going on TV, create your own season of love. I just love it.
0: I love that. Create your own season of love. Everyone listening. Well, thank thank you you so so much, much. Dr. Diane. We really appreciate
2: it.